not manslight me or manslight me. Hello and welcome back to Misandry with Marsha and Ray. I'm Marsha Belsky. I'm Ray Sani. Why and did I forget my name for a second? I don't know. It's worrisome. That's worrisome. <laughs> Worried about you. Yeah. Happy post Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Yeah. Short week. That's good. Um, no, because I don't know what day of the week it is today. I've been I've been moving through today thinking it's Monday the whole time. Yeah. And um, I like a pleasant surprise that it's Tuesday, though, because normally I think it's like Friday. And yeah. It's Wednesday. That's true. I'm a day closer to a paycheck. So there you go. That's exactly. The way we got to look at the world or whatever. It's true. Um, I'm a day later than uh, usual for hating men. Yes. We wanted to thank all of our fellow man haters out there mm-hmm. for listening. It's been really exciting. We've had a lot of awesome feedback, a lot of people leaving really cool reviews on the iTunes page and the Facebook. Yeah. Actually, I had something to say about that because some asshole <laughs> named Gilded Lily gave us one star uh, and called us unlistenable. Yeah. And I just wanted to say to you, Gilded Lily, Gilded Lily sounds like a femme name, so I'm assuming you're a woman, and I just want you to know that the dude that you wrote that shitty thing about us f- to impress, he's going to fuck you and not love you anyway. <laughs> well, and also, even if it was a man, like, I remember that that review went up, like, an hour it, Like, after five post- minutes so later. So they didn't listen to the episode. They just, just saw Misandry, right? and they were like, I'm going to put them in their place, but... Jokes on them. We already have five stars anyway. <laughs> and also, like, uh, actually, a couple, like, maybe, like, last week or two weeks ago, um, uh, like, the EP of uh, the EP of Parks and Rec retweeted something I wrote. I said, hi, white people, you're exhausting, because some woman said that Snowflake and Nigger are about the same importance. I remember this. And so he retweeted me, which then led to Nick Offerman retweeting me which exposed me to a part of twitter i never want to see again these people were in my mentions for like i don't know four fucking days being like no two wrongs don't make a right and racist it's like so awful so this do good whites or yeah exactly two wrongs don't make a right and you think that labeling a race with with one pejorative is not as bad as and i'm like okay if you think there's a one-to-one comparison that you're exhausting versus like the centuries upon which you've been building your your supremacy i don't know but so this guy just kept like this one guy in particular was like oh you're a stupid misandrous social justice warrior and i was like yes i hate men with the best of them yeah and i'm training a militia of women in the woods yeah like i don't i don't know why you think it's an insult to call me a misandrist yeah and it's like social justice warrior first of all yes i'm social very popular (laughs) justice Yes, I believe in correct doing. Yeah, I was raised with morals. Warrior, have I murdered people? Yes. Will I do it again? Yes. Are there men currently in my basement? We don't know. And also, you know, just in case you mishear how someone pronounces warrior, it sounds like warrior, warrior and, and I worry about things, and I'm up all the time yes. with anxiety, too. I'm neurotic. I have the, I'm the Jewish. Oh, and speaking of, so we got a, oh, sorry, that's our pizza. <laughs> Sorry, we got pizza and now we're back. Um, Oh, so we got a really 
It was good constructive feedback. There was someone who wrote into the podcast email and it was a hard truth. And they were like, listen, we love the podcast, but Marsha interrupts everybody all the time. And she never stops over talking people consistently. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think I was talking to my friend. I'm like, I think it's a Jewish thing because I have this theory that Jews like could never let someone finish a story because they're always like, what's that? Okay. Yeah, I get it. The Cossacks are coming. We've got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You know, like finish your story. Let's go. Let's go. But I am working on it. And, you know, if anyone out there has noticed it, just know that I've noticed it too. And I don't, you know, it's good. It's fair criticism. And also, like, more often than not, we're pretty drunk while we're doing this. That's the thing, too. I was like, <laughs> I mean, once I'm, like, three glasses of wine deep, like, then it's just all cards off the table. You know, I'm going to be. That's how I am at the bar, too. My drunk feminism probably is not helping anybody, you know. <laughs> so some recent happenings in the world. Okay. First of all, very sad. Um, what's his name? Mary Kay Letourneau and what was her boyfriend? Billy Falau. Billy Falau are over. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend. They're married. married. But he's filing for separation. For, if, for you guys that don't know, uh, I distinctly remember this uh, story being huge when I was like six. Um, Mary Kay Letourneau was a teacher out in Seattle, I believe it was, just mm-hmm. like the Pacific Northwest. Uh, some A married uh, white lady. And she started a sexual relationship with her. Oh, she was married at the time? She was married with kids. Oh, um, I forgot that part. And she... Um, Started a sexual relationship with her 13-year-old student who was, um, who was like, relatively impoverished. It's like a, it's like a Polynesian, like a kid from a, a Pacific Islander, like yeah. a Pacific he was Islander like, descent. He was, like, poor and he looked a lot older yeah. than his. He, was he like, didn't even look that much old. Like, he still really? looked like a, like, he was 13 and maybe looked 15. Okay, <gasps> you're still nasty. Yeah. Um, But what was really insane about this story is you hear all the time about, not all the time, you shouldn't hear about it at all, but you hear about it often where a teacher grooms a student into having a relationship with them and then, once the teacher gets caught or once the student gets caught and is made aware of the fact that it's like an uneven dynamic, that it's rape or whatever, the situation usually shuts down. Right. No. Homegirl left her family, mm-hmm. went to jail, served time, got out of jail, dated him, and then they got married. They have children and everything. And today, apparently, like they've, I mean, this whole saga is probably like 15 years old. They've been in, yeah. They've been together for a very long time. And today he finally filed for separation. I wonder. I mean, it's like it's like when I think of the Woody Allen and his in Sunyi that thing where it's like, you know, he clearly like sexually groomed this woman. And it's the same thing even when it's an older woman towards a young boy. And it's like, you know, obviously we want all the men to die, but the children will protect to a certain point <laughs> to a certain point. And what makes me sad, something that I saw, I think, on Larry Wilmore's show was like. He said something about how in our society they all make those like hot for teacher jokes where right. it's like, oh, lucky him and like all this stuff. But it's like boys deserve to be innocent, too, yeah. even though everything is telling them, you know, like, fuck your babysitter. Yeah. Like, you know, and that if you have a sexual experience with an older woman when you're 11, that's normal. No, mm. that's molestation. You and, know, And also just I mean, because this is about women and we're going to make it about women. I mean, there's only Let's so make much it about pity women. for a dude that we can have. But the thing is. When you groom men to think of themselves as only sexual beings from the beginning, you're also robbing the innocence from women or girls too. Because if a guy, if a, if so, I remember I was watching like an episode of Ti, 
the family hustle ti and tanny the family hustle. <laughs> i used to love that show i oh know uh, they just had the finale last night i'll never forget the ski episode that oh, was my favorite i don't remember that episode but there was one episode which was like appalling because he's he's telling one child like a a, a female child he tells mm-hmm. his daughter if a man tries to talk to you, let me know so I can fight him. Basically doing the whole like shotgun dad. And in the very same episode, tells her younger brother how to be a Mac daddy. Right. And it's like, okay. They don't see how the two relate. And, and it's like, so like aside from everything that's problematic in terms of like the grand uh, scheme of things, just practically, logistically, if you telling girls to say no, and you encouraging dudes to get them no matter what, who are they going to go after? If you telling the girls to not be sexually available by, while insisting that the boys are sexually available and aggressive in pursuit, who are they supposed to go after? Because if they're going after, if they're going after girls who are taught not to be sexually available, you're now putting them in situations where it's forcible or at right. least coerced. Yeah. And it's the lose lose. It's like, exactly. It's the same thing too, where it's like, they say they really don't see the relationship between the whole idea of like, stay away from all men. All men are evil. And then training men. And it puts the crux of rape culture on women. You teach girls defend yourself from rape as opposed to teaching boys don't rape and it's the same thing where it's like you're teaching these girls to be the gatekeeper they say close your legs Mm -hmm. that's on you close your legs because men are going to be prying them that's just how they are but it's like no that's how you're teaching them to be and so then they are and the male gaze starts so young i mean you'll hear these like 10 11 year old boys and you're like you're just regurgitating. You don't this. even believe this. Which yeah. Is why, but they're like, looking at women like that already, you know? Well, so, I mean, as appalling as it was, I feel like that's why so many people aren't as horrified by these, like, older women, younger boy dynamics because, like, Emmanuel Macron, the new, is it prime minister or president of France? Uh-huh. I think uh, president. I'm not he, sure. Um, is... I don't know about he's been in like he's been in like a 20 year relationship with his wife Mm -hmm. um, who's an older woman and everyone that I've seen is praising it but she was his art teacher when he was 16 (gasps) and started fucking him then that is ridiculous wow and it's almost I wonder if it's you know because the gender power dynamic people see it as different and they see it as you know and it's true I find myself guilty of thinking the same thing that when I see not in that way where they've been groomed but when I see like an older woman with a younger man it doesn't bother me yeah, but when I con- see an older if it's man like a consenting adult then I'm like go get it girl like you are yes. flipping you know societal standards on his head but like and at a certain point age, you're not only is it you're older you are imbued with an authority that I can't necessarily combat what teenager yeah. is strong enough to tell someone put, like put in an authority um, a position of authority and it's not like these people identify strong teenagers to pick. They pick the ones who are abused or like in a weaker position, not to victim blame, but predators can identify the right prey. They don't go chasing the deer that isn't w- For wounded. Sure. So it's like it's it's just it's just uh it's just really really frustrating uh to watch and there are racial dynamics too. Like he's a poor brown kid and she's like this relatively well-off white woman and if if even if the one would argue that the gender dynamics were like 
ones that work themselves out, which I don't agree with. The racial dynamics and the money definitely played it a crazy. Yeah, the safety element. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's so much. It's so easy with like sugar daddies and like things like that, where it's like you're seeking the safety, the comfort, and then they want to use those same behaviors to turn it on women. It's like we talk about where men create the system and then want to blame women for following it. It's oh, like, like with the men Woman get screenings. Yeah, men. Oh, my God. That's my favorite thing, too. Like you were just saying where they say. T.I. tells his daughter to stay away from men and then tells his son how to be like a player. And then it's like they say women like, you know, and then we do an all women only screening and then they're just like cannot handle it. They say women, you know, keep yourself safe, stay away from men. And then we actually try and do something for ourselves and to empower young girls and stuff and just have fun and not worry about men. Like, I would just love to watch Wonder Woman without the tainted air of male boners, like, around me. <laughs> I would just love... That would be fun for me. And, like, you know, and then they... Oh, so here's my favorite reaction from the Wonder Woman. So if you don't know, the Alamo movie Draft theater House. Draft House in Austin... Um, it like it did an all woman screening of Wonder Woman, and of course these men freak out and rec- like claim this reverse discrimination. And the thing is, too, is like they act like one theater doing one thing one time is the same thing as systematic disenfranchisement for centuries. Like right. they act like this one act is the same thing, and this is the same thing too, where they go women. How are you complaining about C-sections when you get free drinks? I mean, it's like they want to equivalent, like they want to do these false equivalences. So this was my favorite false equivalence from at Still Gray. The guy's name's Ian Miles Chong. He's got a check mark by his name. He says, oh, if, yeah, he's been a. Di- I've seen him be a dick on the internet a lot around course. women's issues. Well, and that's the thing too. Even some of these, like these guys they're the same guys screaming that it needs to be a dialogue. And the one time that you assert your opinion, they'll block you in a second. Mm -hmm. So this guy says, if you support women only movie screenings, then you'll have no problem with a Christian refusing to bake a cake for a gay couple. Right. And it's like, first of all, like someone said, this guy replied at furious George. He said, it's just one showing. And you're saying you should be allowed to discriminate always because these people are doing one thing that's just for women, you know? Well, also just like it's a false equivalence because it's yeah. not like there. It's not like it's not what what's happening here is the gay people refusing to serve the Christians the cake. Right. Like if he's trying to make a comparison, the parallels are incorrect. Right. He's giving women the power against men that um, historically heterosexual people have had against gay people. And that's not the case. Like women do not have political, economic, uh, social or even religious power over men. Mm -hmm. And so to set that up as a one to one is 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 intellectually disingenuous and dishonest and and it's and a lame it's a lame fucking it's a lame thing it's like it's like okay women have had exactly eight superhero films where the protagonist is a solo like superhero and a woman and like some chicks it's one screening and because you complain they made more mm-hmm. but it was just like it was one screening and it wasn't as if there weren't opportunities to see the movie elsewhere it's right. just that men don't like they can't conceive of a moment wherein people aren't near their dicks or thinking about their dicks so now 
I can't watch Wonder Woman without dicks. Because it has to be whenever they're not centralized. Yeah. They're so shaken. Like, that's the fragility is that the second that they don't feel that they are the center of culture, of attention, of society, they get so panicked that they act like we all haven't been experiencing and, the and same And if we're going to make stupid comparisons, well, now that women are not allowed to have movie screenings, you're not allowed to have all male fraternities. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, it's just like, OK, you know, they're like, are we going to have an all male screening of uh, it's like everything is an all male screening exactly literally everything is an all male screening it's the same thing as how like they can't let handmaid's tale be made without catering towards the men that aren't even going to watch the show yeah and it's interesting too because like there was also there was this woman today the the mayor of paris who her name's Anne Hidalgo. She's the first female mayor of Paris. And she tweeted about asking, there is a black feminist event going on in Paris. She wanted the festival to be banned for discriminating against white people. <laughs> and she received like a lot in of all places it. In, in of all places in France. Yeah. You think white people are being discriminated? Okay. Exactly. So, and they said they were like, it wasn't like, some elements of the festival were closed to people who weren't black in order to make those areas a conversation amongst only the people that wanted to be talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, if you're if you can't support a group of people without placing yourself at the center, you know, this is the first female mayor of Paris. And I bet she'd tell you that she doesn't want you to think of her as a woman. She wants you to think of her as just a mayor. Probably. That's so true, too. It's like when they get those positions of power, they want to be like, look, don't reduce me to being a woman. And but the thing is, like, what's so obnoxious about that is like being a minority is not a reduction. Exactly. That's what they've made it. They've made it that way. And you've accepted that framing that it's like, oh, don't look at me as a female director. It's like, why not? You're a female director. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're a female director. The problem isn't that you're a female director. The problem is that female directors aren't valued equally. And the idea that you would downplay the thing that makes you different as opposed to demanding the respect for being who you are totally is the problem. Right. And so and so like this here, it's like. Uh, it's so bizarre because I've seen it over and over again where white feminists insist that race is divisive while arguing that gender is something we should fight toward. And I'm like, do you not see, like, remember that woman, uh, what was that, uh, that, that a uh, soap opera star where Viola Davis made a, uh, a speech after winning an Emmy. Yes. I and know she talked about, about black girls or black women. And then this, Soap opera star was like, why so divisive, Viola Davis? It's about all women. And then I'm like, well, we can take it a step farther. Why so divisive? It's about all people. Right. It's 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 so weird that they don't see the the blind spot there, that it's not it's not apparent to them. Um, and for you to like for you to be the mayor of Paris and have all of what is going on in Paris be going on and you decide that the one thing that you want to come out most aggressively some black shorties wanting to talk to each other like go fuck yourself yeah she wanted the event banned and things like that like not even just like you first of all you didn't even have to bring attention to the event you could have easily just been like it's whack but who cares but the fact that you would like actively be in pursuit of denying black women things when like like the 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 relations between like white French citizens and literally every other kind of brown person in France is like 
astonishing and like that's what you would focus on that black girls wanted to talk to each other that's crazy they think it's like an either or game i think in terms of like the way that some people approach feminism where it's all centered on them where it's like they think you know that it's like that there's a winner and a loser so if we're talking about black feminism and white feminism then we're not talking about feminism at all and it's like no critiques within feminism are valid we should be critiquing each other because we're not closed-minded right we're supposed to be open-minded and open to yeah discussion. there isn't supposed to be and i like and as so many people do it and um and like it's very Katy perry feminism to be like Every girl is great. And yeah. it's like, no, bitch, not every girl is great. And we can like, be more critical. Than we that. can be critical and it's insulting to assume. And that, it doesn't like, mean the men aren't going to die. <laughs> exactly. If I like if I insult you rightly for being dense or missing the point or something, it's not upholding the patriarchy to identify where you are being oppressive to people within your subgroup. So it's, it's just, um, it's a real frustrating thing. And I think I definitely pretty much only see white women do it where they're like, any comment against women is terrible and any subdivisions are awful. And it's like, you are missing the fucking point if you think that, you know, womanhood is supposed to be monolithic in con- like in contrast to maleness. And they don't want to be told they're missing the point where it's like, you know, that's the hard thing, too. Where it's I feel like some of the people saying that and I fe- feel like it's also a lot of the, like these like male feminists, people that want to come in and say like, oh, you're critiquing The Handmaid's Tale the way it's being advertised. Oh, Margaret Atwood's not a good enough feminist for you. And it's like, I never said that. But some of the women who are saying, girls, we have to stick together. Like, you know, let's not critique anything. The thing is, is like that it's not realistic. And also I think they're maybe scared of finding the deeper point where it's like you have to learn more. You should always be open to learning more. And if you've just decided, okay, now I've decided that I am pro women without actually opening your mind to what that means, you know, then you're lacking. I think, I don't know. Well, I think every, I think for the most part, every time somebody's moved toward activism or at least, you know, uh, their version of wokeness, uh, they, (laughs) are they are self-interested in their activation right like so it's it's like oh i'm gonna fight breast cancer because my mom died of breast cancer so i'm gonna fight um i'm gonna fight racism because i'm black you know and i think that it takes um you know more thoughtful people to go beyond the self-centeredness of whatever cause that they're engaging with and i think sometimes when people get so high on their like being noble that how they, they see the world that they don't acknowledge that maybe they were self-interested in the first place and i think it's a mistake to think that i think it's a mistake to be embarrassed that your activism is self-interested because it always is it always is going to be and we don't have to be better human beings than other people mm-hmm. um just to identify that something is wrong you know what i mean like right. i don't have to be perfect to identify that like sexism is wrong or that feminism is necessary or that racism is wrong i just need to then follow whatever argument i'm making or follow whatever philosophy i've undertaken to its logical end okay mm-hmm. if it makes sense here it should make sense here it should make sense here here are the contextual like 
applications or whatever and so don't be embarrassed that you're a feminist because it makes you mad that you don't make as much money as the white guys but then recognize that that same anger that you have toward white men is what some brown women might have toward you exactly exactly and why is that so hard to really it's it's easy to explain I think hard for people to internalize for some reason I don't know why that is. It's like, why can't you put yourself in the place? Well, empathy is not a thing that is um, required of that many people. That's very true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I can't imagine telling people that their experience doesn't matter. Um, But that's because I wasn't raised thinking certain people's experiences don't matter. Like, what black girl is going to walk around thinking uh, she's just better than most of the population? It's never any it's not going to be a perspective with with which I was raised so I can't fathom the lack of empathy it requires to be certain types of people like I couldn't ever be a Jared Kushner not with my parents oh my god and Jared Kushner too but but it's like we were saying too that those people then tend to be the pettiest like why is that like then it's like those people who are raised with that sort of confidence then they get the ennui like (laughs) they get the you're rich enough to afford ennui and then you lose it when somebody Yo, I've been obsessed with this Jared Kushner story for like four fucking days. Yeah. This dude's nuts. Um, just a quick like briefing. Basically, um, uh, two weeks ago, the Washington Post, I think, like broke a story that Jared Kushner was like the focus of the FBI's investigation. Um, they called him a person of interest. He wasn't quite a suspect. Mm-hmm. And then this past weekend, they revealed that old boy was trying to set up back channels to communicate with Russia, but on their terms, on their property. Like, And look, I'm not like this like anti-Russian like somebody. I just think it's hilarious that like, you know, this party of people who insist upon their more patriotic um, attitudes than everybody else is out here supporting Trump and Jared Kushner um, blindly where they would have where they called Obama unpatriotic because his pin was upside down one that's time. what's crazy it's really it's really bizarre how like the goal keeps the goalposts keep moving and like and then people keep saying we need to bridge the divide we have to listen to each other and I'm like I can't tell if I'm just going crazy or if like these people don't make enough sense for me to listen to them do they feel that way about me I can't listen to somebody who's just screaming conspiracy theories you know like I can only I mean first of all I'm not a good listener I'm a sergeant you know you don't listen (laughs) my whistle that I blow when they're training in the field it's blown out my ear well I, I like the thing is, and I don't apologize for this. I feel very strongly that it's so. Uh, Republicans don't have an ideology at this point. It's literally what will make poor and brown people sad. Yep. And women, too. And money. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, uh, so like as long as Trump is doing stuff other than what Hillary wanted to do, they will uh, go along with it. And so Paul Ryan will literally watch Trump do the most disgusting things. And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to get to cut taxes and make poor people unhappy. So I'm going to stick through it. You lose all your principles. Like, I mean, literally conservatives define themselves by what they aren't, Mm -hmm. which is us. Yeah. (laughs) And but they're hiding that they're still acting like they're, you know, doing something else. They act like we can't see them the same way. Like the way Trump responds to people, I literally think that if he covered his eyes an aide would have to whisper to him like 
Mr. President, the people can still, still see, see you. <laughs> well, what's astonishing is like, it's happened every time. Every time Trump says you're doing something bad, it's, he's doing it. He's the literally whole election, doing, he's projecting. That's creepy. He's yeah, projecting everything and people still don't see it. No, I think, that, no, no, no. It. Here's the thing. I think they see it just fine. I think that they're so happy to have what they want. Mm. and are so invested in protecting what they think is their property, their country, that they don't care. Like, there's no way that you are genuinely, like, forget all the problems that come with, like, hardcore fundamentalist evangelical Christian. Let's just work as if there's no problems with that ideology. How can you be Mike Pence and work with Donald Trump? Right. So it's a lie, it's a lie. You and Mike Pence has always been a lie. I mean, he's done behind yeah, the he's scenes a lie. evil stuff. Yes, because it's never taking away genuine. power from people. Exactly, it's never genuine. There's never an evangelical push to aid the poor. Jesus loves the poor people. Jesus took care of the poor people. No, it's there. A lot of the time, it's this prosperity gospel. Like, pull yourself. We're up better from than your, you. Yeah. Here's why we have stuff and you don't. God bless me and you didn't. And the conceit it takes, the arrogance, the audacity for you to believe that you deserve something because god blessed you and he didn't bless anybody else oh the prosperity gospel like of the 80s like where they do the no, like in the 80s girls well no now. it's been forever but and it's big now but i'm saying like i was just watching the cnn special about um the gospel of wealth and how in the 80s yeah. there was all these fraudulent of christian course. ministers you have the uh the tammy baker's husband was her husband yes name. yes and um you know the, even now and then, then later even in the 2000s there was that guy in colorado i grew oh, up yeah, in oklahoma okay. so i grew up oral roberts university is oh, my yeah. hometown oh wow all these mega churches victory there's creflo dollar some some uh i can't remember his name now but this pastor in virginia him and his wife got arrested for embezzling like over a million dollars from their their congregation yeah it's like how that was that was the who the name you just said before tammy lee whatever no 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 this is recent this was oh like, recent this again past year and it, it was a black couple and i just was like that a church can generate a million dollars is a problem in the first place untaxed untaxed a million dollars in the first place just because like how are you making faith a business? Right. It's, well, and it's crazy to me. I grew up Jewish in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there was, you know, a lot of the Tulsa is pretty liberal for Oklahoma, but there's a lot of the mega churches around there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people who would like try and convert me and things like that. And it's just like, it's confusing when you're a kid because these like adult people would be telling you like, you're going to hell. And then part of our Hebrew school lessons was like how to respond to like these adult people trying to convert you. And some of the shit they do, like I remember I was working at um, a grocery store and this woman handed me what I thought was a tip for bagging her groceries. And I looked at it and it was one of those million dollar bills. And you look at it and it's like, you know, Jesus will save you. And oh, it says, girl. Yeah. I actually had something similar. So they happen stiffed to me. me. <laughs> and you're the jewish one exactly um, exactly and i ended up getting fired by a bunch of victory christian people because i stole a bagel fittingly enough 
And the guy sat me down. Never forget this. I'm like 16. The guy sits me down. He keeps going. I don't know how you were raised, but I was raised that it's wrong to steal. And I go, it's wrong in Judaism to steal too, Jim. Like I'm like, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Like it, this isn't because I'm a Jew. This is just because I'm a thief. I took a fucking bagel. You pay me five fifteen an hour. I think that we're good here. What's so funny is like I actually had a similar experience, but with um, Hasidim in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. We were talking about this the other day on Gchat. Yeah. Well, First so- of all, I'm Jewish, but I, it's my personal responsibility to kill all the Hasidic men and free all the women. <laughs> oh, I got into it in this Twitter fight with a rabbi. Mm-hmm. I was like, he was like, how dare you? That's so generalizing. I was like, oh, women on the balcony fight me. I don't give a shit. I will free. There's a whole diaspora community of these women who have fled Hasidic men in Judaism because there's no resources for when these women are abused anyways i'm so sorry <laughs> this is the interrupting thing look continue um there was uh i was i was walking in crown heights um where crown heights is a very it's very bizarre mix it's changing now but like prime like you might know of crown heights from the crown heights riots where like a jewish guy uh hit a kid with his car and then he got beat up and then there was this whole riots between the blacks and and the jewish people because mm-hmm. crown heights is like a very it's like it's like super west indian and then you get to kingston avenue and then it's like super hasidic um, yeah and jews is in like people who looked at the 1850s and said we're good here <laughs> i'm not gonna do that that's all you you can uh, i'll say it. you could talk about your people but i just remember i was walking down one of these streets i was just like going for a walk and uh this hasidic woman hands me a card where she's telling me she's like um oh you know um obviously you're not jewish but this is a list of ways that we can exist in the world together and uh and live in harmony i'm like okay so i take this card and it's basically just the 10 commandments (laughs) like it's basically like here's how you can make living on this world together uh easy be us yeah basically it was like it was like don't be gay don't be that i was like uh so i was i was really insulted because it was like the audacity of you to think that the way not only first of all the fact that your religion requires like a matrilineal relation for me to even be a part is fucked up i think it's racist and two like it did start from racist roots i always remember because it seems like it's like a pro woman thing, but it's really no, just it's not the a pro, guys even are going to fuck even around. If, even if it's not a racist thing, it's certainly not a pro woman thing because the the conceit is you can't tell who's fa- who fathers right. a child, but you yes. can tell who mothers it. So it's still men sexist. should have no responsibility. Exactly. So, but the audacity of you to 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 pursue like a religion that actively excludes people like me and not just ex- excludes people like me thinks you're better that you are chosen and I am not, and then for you to have the audacity with that in the back of your mind to come tell me how to make your life easier mm-hmm. by following your religious rules when I don't even get the credit. I couldn't possibly get the credit of being good to you and in your religion because I wasn't born a certain way. It was so insulting. I yeah. could not believe that this woman did that to me. This is why all like all religious people, it's like the most, the things that piss me off the most is when someone with a huge smile on their face, like religious people, they hand you a card and then basically they, you look at the card and it just says, fuck off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, hey, you, 
don't be you. Yeah. <laughs> she just looks at you. She's like, hmm, what can we fix? It's yeah. like you're like all of a sudden in like a makeover. Like, and it's like fine. Yeah. Don't be gay. Be our religion. Yeah. It um, was like, it's like you, I, that was what was so insulting to me that no matter how, let's say I did follow her rules. I still wasn't going to get to be in her religion. No. So well, and Jews don't really- believe in an afterlife. So how are we going to sell people? <laughs> um, Where's the reward? Let's see. Other stuff that happened. Roger Ailes died. And, you know, people, it's like, how happy can you be? He was old. But the thing is, we can't celebrate it because it's wrong to celebrate his death when it wasn't my militia that killed him. No, he just died from regular old man shit. And his and his son gave this eulogy where he said he's going to go after the women that went after his dad. So like father, like son. Like okay, so your old ass daddy died. Like it's not like he was fifteen. Yeah, he died they say in his late seventies. The heartbreak of being caught a rapist. That's like when Bill Cosby went blind, and everybody wanted to be like, "Poor Bill Cosby, he's blind." Or like when like, Joe Paterno died of a broken heart. Exactly. Oh gosh. I feel no sympathy. Um, Another thing that I thought was interesting, just in terms of like what we were talking about earlier in terms of women being taught you're the gatekeepers and men being taught nothing in terms of sexual control. And besides just thinking about your grandma when you're trying not to come, that's like the only amount. That's the only amount of sexual control that they are taught. So there was a great story. Um, about these three girls. They're high school age girls. They're from a school in Miami called Gulliver Schools. And they invented a straw. They're like these high school geniuses. They invented a straw that detects roofie or like roofie type drugs in drinks. They want to give it or sell it to college age girls, to high school age girls. And I thought to myself, I said, first of all, that's fucking awesome. Welcome to the militia. You know, these girls like, fuck yes. These these future soldiers give me so much hope. They're so smart. They're so technologically advanced, you know. But it does make me sad to think about that. If you are, you know, if you're a 16 year old Mm -hmm. female science genius and what you spend your genius on unfortunately still what you still identify as a problem you should solve is being raped by your own peers Mm -hmm. and we know that it's a woman who's gonna have to like invent something like that i mean maybe not technically have to but there seems to be no science research or money that they want to give to just women because like they're worrying about viagra pills exactly like and it's the same thing like before where it's like you know Anytime even women say, hey, can we research something that affects only women? There's somebody who goes like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to concentrate on problems that affect everybody. And by everybody, I mean men. Exactly. Which is hilarious. You would never hear a woman say, fuck your prostate cancer. But also, you know, like, it's just ridiculous because there's more of us. So we should be... We should be catered to the most, actually. I mean, we should, but that's the thing. And we have our own money. We have our own buying power, you know, until they take our cards like in Handmaid's Tale, Mm -hmm. until we're relying on the men financially. And that's why it's fucked up, because it's like, why do... It does become a thing where it's just a cultural and societal reinforcement, the way that they still centralize men. You know, they... It seems like part of the reason that there's incentive from the advertisers and from things and from science even is that they know that's where the funding is because women will be sympathetic to men's issues, but men will not always reciprocate it, you know, but it's like, we want to kill all the men, but we're a rare exception. Like most women have like a general, we're not going to take away our empathy just because they haven't given it to us, unfortunately. And we've got to get them out of that. 
Exactly. And that's why it's like you have to come train with me at least three weeks this summer. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, it is actually going to become guaranteed that you send me your GPS coordinates and meet me in the woods this summer for a two week training course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just it just upsets me because, you know, these girls as amazing as that is. And I and I love it. I unequivocally love it. Mm-hmm. It just also I can't help but have the thought that it makes me sad that, you know, these women who if they weren't women would be using their or if there weren't these problems would be using their genius for I mean, but that's fucked up, too. Maybe it's like they should use their genius for. Do you know what I'm saying? No, it's not. <clears throat> I get what you're saying, and I don't think it's fu- is a fucked up sentiment. It's kind of like saying, "Well, I hate that we have to build locks because there are thieves." Right. It's it's like, oh well, you know, I'd much rather us, you know, use that energy or expend that power on things that seem more productive or conducive to like development or investment. Right, and it's not even like you know, not that like date rape is like worse or better than rape, like you know, but it's like. It's so because these this is a specific invention. That's a huge problem where they said we're 16. What are we worrying about getting raped in college? Let's fix it. Yeah. And then there are still men out there saying all of these statistics about college rape are made up. Of course. Um, Actually, you know, like rape is rape and all rape is brutal. But I find a date rape with a drug more sinister. And in, in some ways, yeah, it's it's the it's the calculated evilness of someone who's around you. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's the thing is there's no comparing uh, tragedy. There's no comparing um, trauma. But it's just like that's why I don't understand when people try and make date rape less harmful than quote unquote regular rape because to me it's like that is somebody either close to you or around you that is you know sinister I mean I think that people don't give rape the amount of brain power because a man can't fathom being overpowered by a man and made to perform sexually even though it totally can happen to them and it happens enough that it should be talked about but like men aren't raised to be fearful of other men the way that we are raised to be fearful of men so like right someone did that to me on twitter the other day they said because they tweeted a joke that was about cosby it was like cosby oh yeah standing i, over I got snow it snow white that. yes so it was cosby standing over snow white and this is another example too of the same men who are screaming like "Ugh, women you're so close-minded it needs to be a but dialogue when it's a black dude doing it to a white girl then they can they they can easily take ownership exactly of the fact that they don't like yeah yeah so so he said you know i can't wait to see uh, how offended you are by this. It was a meme of Bill Cosby standing over Snow White. And I just said, you know, it's kind of weird to be excited about women saying to you, hey, this hurts yeah. me. And then he tweeted me back, yeah, but it's a good way to know who to block, and then blocked me. And I'd also said about it where it's like men feel so comfortable making edgy jokes about rape and Mm -hmm. then doing the whole you know delete me unfollow me I don't give a fuck you know block me whatever be offended when it's something that they don't fear like you said and then when I said that to him he said ha now I know you're like an ignorant blah 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 because men do get raped and it's like don't not so here's the thing though but also let him all lives matter rape who rapes men other, other men, men. exactly <laughs> and so it's like we so all of us should be terrified by you well what do you think about female to male rape it happens it's the least like common incidents 
of it. And those men should be protected. Like we were saying, like men's innocence should be protected. Yeah, but, but I mean, but if you're trying to make problem, the case, it, it's like if you're trying to make the case that like, you know what I mean? Like men get raped equivalent. too. It's like, okay, men get raped and it's not by, by women. Yes. You know what I'm saying? People, they talk about prison rapes. Who, who's in prison with other men? Mm-hmm. They not co-ed jails. Right. You know what I mean? Or they talk about, you know, molestation, things like that. It's not that it doesn't happen at all. It's just that the incidences of it are more often with men as the aggressors. Mm-hmm. And and so the idea that we should min- we should minimize the conversation about male on female rape because men get raped too as though it's not men who are also the attackers in those situations more often than not is is really bizarre and they don't fear it on a daily basis and this is what i don't like about when tvs and movies now uses like such a cheap plot point rape because i feel like i see it so often that it's just like it's always in your mind any man you pass you know it's like i overthink about it maybe it's like some people think about it too much but it's just like that's what I don't like when men make certain jokes about it. I'm like, I'm not telling you you can't make those jokes. I'm telling you I think about rape enough. I don't need to hear you making light of it because it's like that's not your joke to have. If it's really good, like I'm sure there's been a joke, a, a rape joke told by men that I've liked. I'm sure there's been at least one. But it's like to me, it's like there when women tell it, it's funny because it's relatable because they feel the same fear that I do, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I just... um Hmm. I don't I but I mean whatever like I'm one of these people who don't think that white people need to make n-word jokes I don't think men need to make rape jokes I've just never <laughs> I, I also don't think white people no, should make n-word jokes I just mean that I just mean that to say like I'm always never on the side of comedians with these things the like edgy I'm, type of yeah thing. I'm always like or you could just be empathetic and decent humans it's just like I've never been so absent of empathy that my impulse to make a joke about something taboo like my challenge to myself my creative artistic challenge is greater right than, like where the punchline's like he's gay like or like you know or like, not even no it's just like if somebody says hey man do you need to talk about it and it's like you don't need to talk about it because it's like okay so why do you need to set out to write the perfect n-word joke as a white dude like what yes. is in you that feels so compelled that you know that it's gonna be offensive to enough people that it's not even it's not it doesn't seem like a worthy enough pursuit for you to insist upon that joke the same way i would say that it doesn't seem a worthy enough pursuit for a, a dude to make a rape joke and i just can't fathom like not thinking about or worrying about this thing daily and insisting upon it being part of your act exactly. when it's not it's not true to who you are unless i mean of course you're the type of people who are raping or uh <laughs> calling people niggas behind their backs or whatever but it's just like like louis ck has an n-word joke and it's like everyone praises the joke but it's like what in it what in louis ck needed to write that joke right and that's what it is is they they have to they say how do I push the envelope? And like, you know, what a joy to be able to be like, oh, I push the envelope by saying the things that have been taken from white people. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's like, I feel like when I see white people make like the jokes of with the N word, it is that where they literally set up a writing exercise. Yeah. Around how do I exactly. get an acceptable way yes, exactly. and to it's talk like, about? It's like, OK, good for you. I guess you woke up and wanted to offend people and you figured out a way to do it without getting pay- with getting punched in the face the least it's like okay i mean you want a cookie you want a medal right. so um so yeah like it's just it's just um it's just so funny to me that like you know uh guys 
just walk around not fearing rape. They can always think uh, that they can uh, what a overcome. Yeah. Oh, okay. So can I lead in from that to my crush men okay, Monday? Please have a party. Okay. So my crush men Monday, even though it's probably Thursday, is <laughs> but we're taping this on Tuesday, and that's what matters. and that's what matters, which is our Monday this week. <laughs> Hashtag Crush Men Monday. Which, by the way, gals, please tweet at Ray and me or our podcast at Misantry with Mr. Your Crush Men Mondays. We want to hear them. We want to share them. We love them. So I had a Crush Men Monday goes out to these boys at a DC bar. It's a DC pop-up bars cocktail that made a cocktail called the Pill Cosby. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, Get it. And guess who it was? It was three men. And here's the thing, too. I guarantee that it was like three men and they turned to their one girlfriend and was like, is this OK? And the girl was like, oh, I don't find it offensive. And they were like, war guns blazing. Go no, ahead. I don't even think they gave they it that much consult. consideration. You're right. No. So, first of all, the joke is literally three years old. One, right? Like, yeah. calling something Pill Cosby. I saw someone reference that on an episode of Real Housewives of Potomac, like three, exactly. four episodes ago, which means they taped it in the summer. So, you're certainly about nine months late on when that. When these edgy men are creative, we never have a problem. I mean, it's like the most of the time, my main problem is you're not funny or creative. Right. Like, I'm like, honestly. Like, you know, Anthony Jeselnik, like some of his jokes, I roll my eyes, but some of them I go, you know what? You're funny. Like, I'm not going to waste my time being offended with him. So this guy, it's actually even funnier than I thought because they put out this pill. They put out this drink and in the drink they had actual like pills and it was like, oh, no, great. that's way too much. Rufies are so funny. Co-founders, <laughs> quote, co-founders, David Gentry, John Geiger and Kevin Scooty Hallams. <laughs> Did not respond for a comment. And it's all, you know, so that's my Crush Men Monday. I think they need to get crushed. I mean, I don't know how you live your life. Well, I don't know if we want to be using crush around people who think it's funny to put pills in drinks. That's true. We don't want them to crush our our pills. But I mean. People still think roofies are funny or else they wouldn't happen. I mean, I know people who, you know, I actually know girls who take a little bit of roofie when they're younger to like build up a resistance. That's now a thing that they have like that is really low key. Well, like going to have vaccines. For I know a girl who went to, she was in a sorority at USC and this was a part of their basically pledging process was they had you build an immunity to roofies. How That's sad is that? Horrendous. And, and also the, sounds like bad practices on the part of the sorority. Well, it's just that got, sounds well, very dangerous. This is the same sorority that I don't remember which sorority it was, but part of the pledging process is you go to the brother fraternity in a bikini and the men circle parts of the body of your body on the freshman girls that they don't like. Wow. Yeah. And that's that. And this was that this was 2000. This is when I was in college. This was 2006 when this was happening. I assume it's still happening. I hope it's not USC calling you out i don't That's remember which sorority really is, like how gross is that horrendous it's really horrendous i'll never forget my my girlfriend telling me that she wasn't in the sorority i don't think but she went to a party where these girls were like laughing about it and showing off these sort of permanent marker that is like, you know, that's how they do on like Dr. Miami or whatever, if they're doing surgery. Exactly. And that's what I think it was supposed to be like a joke about. But it's like the men were doing it to them. It teaches such entitlement. Um, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. And then my other Crush Mind Monday, I, I 
I had it was interesting because there was these articles that came out with Jimmy Fallon did a piece um, talking about how he's lost a million viewers basically since Donald Trump was elected. And he was talking about how ever since he, you know, played with Donald Trump's hair on his television show, people are basically looking for comedy to have a stance is what this article claimed. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because Jimmy Fallon's response was, so after this happened, I was devastated. I didn't mean anything by it. I was just trying to have fun. (laughs) And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's what pissed me off because I remember being so pissed off because it's like, with him, with with Donald Trump being allowed on Saturday Night Live. The thing was, to me, these sort of like even quote unquote liberal people not being immediately not only appalled, but disgusted with his blatant racism and sexism like that is normalizing. Mm -hmm. That is what it is to normalize something. Yes. And also just like uh, removing for a moment, you know, the the political context within which we're existing. Um, There is like an escapism that happens with comedy, but that's not the tradition of comedy. Comedy has always been something that existed to speak truth to power, which sounds very cliche, but it really has the jester always mocked the king in a way that uh, had to toe the line with not getting killed, but also, you know, undermining the king or like, because being a supplicant is not funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for someone to lose sight of what the tradition of comedy is to the degree that you just wanted to have fun when you had perhaps the most dangerous political figure that America has ever seen sitting on your, you know, couch is just such a misstep in terms of your own art. Like you as a, you as a performing artist should understand like, you know, the, the, the history and like what it means to have someone with such power, the potential for such great power to be sitting next to you. And all you want to do is have fun. Like, even if you wanted to have fun, right. Of all people on the planet to have fun with, you think Trump's fun. That man has never smiled genuinely. Right. It's like, what a luxury. No, but it's like, but it also just, the the lie doesn't work. Like maybe it's not a lie. Maybe Jimmy just, Excuse me. Maybe Jimmy felt like that. He really did just. But he doesn't want to take a stance like men like him. What what to me? Because I feel like I know so many comedians like this where I think a lot of comedians have been forced into a more meaningful world, whether it's temporarily. We thought we were sort of past history, past Political. We? Who's we? Not you gotta, we, you gotta not identify we. that we. No, no. I was told that in like academic classes. Right. They would say we're past history. By we, I mean like the American mainstream narrative or whatever. And stuff. Post-racial, right. The same sort of vein of thought where they say we're post all this stuff, all the worst is behind us, which in some ways sets up for something terrible to happen. Right. You might as well. So... Yeah, it's you're interesting placating because, people right, and, and inoculating them. They thought that post like the Soviet uh, Union, Soviet the Cold War conflict, that we were, quote unquote, past history, that these wars would always be us attacking them versus terrorism mm-hmm. and that it would not escalate too much further. And 
it's just interesting because I think there are a lot of people who are sad that their lives are now forced to be political. And like you said, it's like, who's we now? These people, you say, you know, this is in my whole life. I don't think that I wanted my life to necessarily be political, but I felt like there was. Well, I'm just very curious as to what Jimmy Fallon thinks about if he ain't thinking about this. Exactly. I don't know what there is. What else there is to think about. Fun I genuinely mind. don't know. I've literally not thought about anything but politics since November. And, the, the and people, even before then. Yeah, that can remain detached. That's the part that's kind of insulting. It's like you're rubbing in that this isn't going to affect you. Right. You know, and and SNL's response was a similar thing where instead of taking responsibility, they said this was when he was still a primary candidate. We had no idea he would go as far as he goes. We go giving him attention and word of mouth. And this is the media's part in it, too. You know, it's like... Well, yeah, I think the, you know, the media overall had, like, a really... I mean, CNN gave him, like, just hours of free coverage. Yes. And so so it's the same thing But, I mean, they're, me. they're for-profit organizations. And, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, you want to hold your media to, like, some really strong, really kind of stringent standards. But if you're in a for-profit business... You're going to get some unethical moments. And I don't think that Jimmy Fallon was trying to be unethical. I just think uh, I think that he was being short sighted. And it sounds very childish to be like, I just want to have fun. It's like, okay, well, you're almost 50. And like, it's like, well, and I feel like sometimes that I feel like that's where I feel out of place in comedy is the like, I know that. I am not a self-serious person. Like, we take things seriously. And, like, you know, this, this like, podcast, like, you know, we get into things and, like, joke as well. But I feel like because I'm that way, I feel like sometimes these sort of, like, I'm just trying to be a happy-go-lucky white guy, they act like, fuck you for ruining my world. You know right. what I mean? Fuck you for making me not able to live in my other world that is so comfortable. You know, every time we bring up something that happens to women, that is a disruption of their peaceful world. Right. And I think that's what it is with him too. He's like, my world was so peaceful and joyful with no serious problems. And then I I ruffled Donald Trump's wig. Yeah. Or also like the extent to which that he is suffering as a result is is minuscule in comparison to, you know, little kids who are getting uh, separated from their parents by ICE agents. And you wanted to talk about Kathy Griffin because she's in the news. Oh, God. Do you still? Yeah. No. uh, Kathy Griffin. uh, (laughs) She just did a major eye roll. I mean. (laughs) You know, she, I mean, whatever, she, uh, she's been working and I respect her work she ethic, works. but I saw God, her live she's once. Obnoxious. Can I just say really quick? I saw her live, on, not to interrupt. I saw her live once and she like, I realized that she's all facial expression because I thought her TV specials were like kind of funny. And then I was kind of up in the rafters and I'm like, oh, without me being able to see her face, she's <laughs> not funny work. at all. Yeah. Um, so like. Kathy Griffin uh, did a she released a like a Twitter video of her. um, I forgot what it's called. It was like this very like it's her doing she's mocking performance art and she um, holds up a severed likeness of Donald Trump's head and it's bloody. And I forgot what she called it. But uh, but uh, the Internet Twitter lost its fucking mind. And far be it from me to be like, I'm a comedian. This is art. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I just want 
everyone to understand that Mitt Romney, who's been relatively silent about literally everything Donald Trump has done, decided today (laughs) that he thinks that not only is politics bad, the way we debate politics is bad, but what... Uh, Kathy Griffin did was morally reprehensible and I'm like are you people kidding me like I don't care if you like if you're gonna be like some I don't know we like if you're gonna be some private citizen who like I don't know you know seizes onto pop culture moments and like wants to talk about that I won't get mad at you I do that too but you are not gonna be Mitt Romney who got sunned by Donald Trump because he got photos of you eating frog legs at whatever stupid restaurant under his tower (laughs) and so now you can't you can't um with like full integrity come out openly and shit on anything he does because he sunned you and got pictures of it you're gonna waste your effort on kathy griffin who nobody but anderson cooper has given a fuck about in five years ten years it's astounding i mean you had cs cnbc um correspondents commenting on it you had all these like serious political journalists commenting on it and one no one is gonna watch a kathy griffin video and i'm not saying this is like someone who's trying to shade another comedian she's generally like outdated in terms of what she does and what she's interested in and it's like the fact that there's so much energy being expended on this woman like our head of state didn't just shove another head of state just to be in front and look ugly in a picture at the NATO oh, at conference the, yeah or like he was on the phone with the Filipino uh president Duterte complimenting him on his drug um right. his drug policy when his drug policy is killing murdering in mass women and children and journalists and drug dealers for being on drugs or selling them without trial or anything like that and our president is calling him and giving him props for that telling him where our uh fucking nuclear submarines are yeah. you're gonna tweet at fucking kathy griffin mitt romney yeah and angela merkel is now the leader of the free world like, are like, fucking, like that was what was so it was it's like it's like look again i'm not the kind of person who was like comedians should get to say whatever they want they should do whatever they want no but i also need for you to not be somebody who fancies himself a political voice the person who throughout the election positioned himself as the reasonable alternative to trump within you know republicanism or conservatism and you are wasting your energy on kathy griffin because you sold you sucked that man's dick thinking that you were gonna get a secretary of state job you thirsty bitch and now you gotta jump on kathy griffin because you have no political capital anymore yeah it's disgusting it's super whack she's super whack too i think it was a stupid video she didn't look good doing it it was dumb it was thirsty and she wanted attention exactly yes well and i think they wanted that like the republicans are seeking that violence from liberals they're looking for the violence from liberals because but the thing is Kathy Griffin is not a Congress a person now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. She's not. She's, she's not, not body slamming. Yeah, she's not body slamming reporters. And you that's know what, what they wanted. They wanted. They oh, wanted. You oh, think both sides do it. Now they get to do both sides do it. When it's like, no. I mean, look. I'm not somebody who doesn't think that pop, like pop culture shapes the way that we talk about and think about things. But Kathy Griffin is on the fringe of the fringe of it, and for you to be someone of such stature to 
to to come down to like a trash comedian's video or whatever is like really really crazy to me. I mean, legit. What did like I did I didn't see such a full throated con- condemnation from Mitt Romney about the guy who stabbed the uh the two the the white supremacists who killed the two um white guys defending the the black girl and the Muslim girl in Seattle. Yes. I didn't see such a full throated aggressive um condemnation of that guy who just killed that black um military student in in Baltimore. Yeah. I didn't see that about the guy who got shot this in New York. This is what you're coming out for. This is what you're coming out for. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. My life on the D list. She told you she ain't shit. She told you that her life was on the D. She articulated that for you. She never lied about who she was. And you out here worried about Kathy Griffin? It was just insulting. But that's what they want. And also, and like, let's like this is just what I think. It's easy for Mitt Romney to go after the girl. The, the girl that isn't traditionally attractive or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're going to go after the woman. Brave. You're brave. Well, false equivalence. The thing is, too, people want to act like Kathy Griffin is Alex Jones. Unfortunately, Alex Jones is in the ear of the president. Yes. If Kathy Griffin was Barack Obama's advisor, I might be concerned. But also, Alex Jones would be offended if you said what he said was comedy. Yes, exactly. He would well, be offended. I didn't even he, know that. His lawyer, he legit was going to lose custody of his kids. And his lawyer was like, oh, he's kidding. And, and then, then he, he was like, I'm not kidding. And then he lost custody of his kids. Well, and that's with Kathy Griffin, too. Too, it's like you know she wanted it to be controversial i didn't even know that this was supposed to be some sort of making fun of performance it art. just i mean i think who it let was, her do that well i mean who cares like, it's not even something like i was it's not even something we would do like no. trump trump's head it that, yeah, that you was have to my spend first a lot thought. of money to do that my first thought was this is not even something i would do and you have at least three or four levels of checks and balances of people <laughs> saying go ahead do it kathy yeah post it to your twitter yeah and she wanted the attention i mean it was like she wanted the news that it got and also it's destructive because when the news focuses on this exactly like you said what are they not focusing on mm-hmm. what you should actually be outraged like about. jeff sessions basically dismantling the civil rights part of every uh major government organization so like for example in the labor department he's basically quietly very quietly uh, getting rid of the resources for you to apply civil rights um, like law or um, appeal to civil rights um, appeal if you're if you if if your employer or something is in violation of civil rights yes um, and and they're claiming it's the same thing with Betsy DeVos where they claim that it's like protected freedom. under other laws. yeah exactly and um and this is expanding liberty when actually it's not uh, and you know and then you know. The fact that they are just literally like taking, they're literally dismantling the EPA little by little. Or, you know, the ice raids are still going on. They literally just, um, they literally just like in Texas passed a law that allowed the like detention places uh, for uh, immigrants who are like undocumented people to have a daycare so that they can detain children. I mean, this is what's going on. And Mitt Romney is out here. 
I mean, I don't know. Even, I don't even know if Mitt Romney would even be against those things. But I know for a fact he ain't cool with that Russia shit because he was the one who was in 2012 being like our greatest um, right. adversary is, they is all Russia. They used to say that. John McCain and, said Russia was worse than ISIS. Yeah. And so, so for somebody like Mitt Romney to be relatively silent about the other stuff and then seize upon Mitt, uh, Kathy Griffin, it just was so offensive to me. I was like really, well, really bothered Well, and with the Jeff Sessions stuff too, I mean, the, it, I just saw a story of these people in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, legal American Hispanic citizens detained for not having their papers yep detained for hours yep and I mean that's the thing it's like this is if you think that this Nazi Germany thing is a false equivalence tell me how citizens needing their papers it's wild it it, it harkens back to slavery this um, is what when me and my mom were talking about how when we watch the Olympics one of the things that we love so much is you never know who's American you know what I mean <laughs> and this is what these people hate yeah you know, that, that's true. I totally I totally agree with you on that. I just um, it's just weird because, uh, you know, uh, I feel the most activated I've activated I've ever felt. But I also just feel this weird impotence because like, it's like exhaustion. Yeah, because it's like. All right, well. We get, you know, you get a victory every so often. So, like, the trans uh, student um, got that victory today. And there's the North Carolina um, gerrymandering. Yeah, voter suppression. And then Illinois just passed a a law where you would automatically be registered to vote. And so, like, you get those small victories, but then you see everything that's being undermined. I mean, gosh, it's only been, like, four months since you know Trump took office and like oh, Jeff God. Sessions has like really Jeff Sessions really is done the one. some crazy damage and uh and so that's why it's so insulting to me that I mean like again like I said I think private citizens or people who are in pop culture and think about pop culture and talk about pop culture want to talk about Kathy Griffin please by all means but you're not gonna be Mitt Romney and talking to me about some fucking Kathy Griffin <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's just, it, it, yeah. You're not going to be a CSM, CNBC reporter talking to me about no Kathy Griffin. Exactly. That was what was crazy. Is Kathy Griffin going to be our next president? I mean, stay tuned. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. She might be shit. I know. We got Donald Trump and nobody thought that, that was going to happen. Mark Zuckerberg's going to run soon. I mean, we're all fucked. And you know who's, I mean, the first female president is going to be Kathy Griffin. You heard it here first. <laughs> do you want to do your reverse racism? I think that was my reverse racism. No, what about the Denver Post guy? I want to talk about Oh, him. oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a, I'll, I'll let Ray talk about it, but this is a Denver Post sports columnist. His name is Terry Frey. Yes. And Terry Frey uh, was... Uh, on Memorial Day or the Sunday before Memorial Day was watching the Indy 500, which is a thing people still do. Apparently (laughs) I did not know that. Um, But so a Japanese driver uh, won the uh, Indy 500 this uh, past, uh, this past week and uh, this past weekend and apparently um that did not sit well with super white man who writes for a newspaper terry frey who i'm gonna find this exact tweet because it was like absolutely most ridiculous thing i like how your two classifications are people you like are superheroes and the other people are super white men <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> um 
So, uh, so okay, I found it. I found the article. So, um, so Takuma Sato of Japan, he won the Indy 500. And so, so Terry Frey or Fry uh, says nothing specifically personal, but I am very uncomfortable with a Japanese driver winning the Indianapolis 500 during Memorial Day weekend. What? Nothing personal. Nothing personal, but I'm really racist. <laughs> it's like nothing personal, just generally I hate Japs. Um <laughs> it's it it's it's just dumb. Like it was just like a dumb sentiment, right? And um like it if it if you don't like you don't have to say everything you think first. <laughs> Like, you don't. You know what I'm saying? If we can get anything across in this podcast, yeah. if you want to live, you don't have, have to, to say, say everything. everything you think. And the, and you were cognizant that what you were about to say didn't have the value that you wanted to give it. Right, when that's you, the no offense. Yes, but. exactly. It's like nothing specifically personal. If it wasn't bad, you wouldn't have to do that caveat you knew that it was going to be controversial you're not dumb you've been around long enough you've been writing a media long enough to know that when white guys say something stupid you're gonna get some shit for it at least in the age of twitter you know and then so he tried to apologize and like tried and uh what he did was apologize in a really sort of sorry not sorry way and then um put the name of his book in his apology so that so he like was um was trying to promote his work and his initial explanation was that uh his grandfather fought in world war ii and it was memorial day weekend and so he was in his feelings (laughs) so nothing personal but the the most most personal story wow um he was like Okay, well, the nothing personal part didn't work. So let me just let me make my racism really specific. So let that me it's, personalize yeah. it so that you feel bad for me because I'm allowed to hate all Japanese people because Pearl Harbor. Per, per, basically. But also, like, we won that war. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, it's not like we're like celebrating uh confederate statues here it's like we won that war we're fine and we have a really nice treaty with the japanese at the moment where they don't have an army because we took it from them and like and tentacle porn. And right and and our <laughs> and tentacle porn. and our fucking and our fucking uh president is hyping up the north korean leader so japan might get wiped out immediately right and you see fit to think that you could shit on a japanese man because it's memorial day weekend go fuck yourself and uh and uh yeah so uh he gave two more apologies and they were both insufficient and the denver post was like get out of here b it's just i'm glad that the denver post was like you embarrassed us so much we can't even deal with you but i was just so disgusted because like there's this emboldening that's happening of uh, of uh, racists that are happening in like this Trump era where you can say wherever you want. You see all these videos of people shitting on Muslim people in Walmart, just people minding their business. Like all this man did was like turn left really fast mm-hmm. for 500 laps, and you 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 talking about Japan and shit like that. It's 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 disgusting, and 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 like. But we're the ones who politicize. We things. politicize everything, and then just like. I just I just don't understand what he needed to say that for. 
Like, what was the compulsion? What was the, like, what did you need to, yo. He just had to say it. He just had to say it. He had to say it. He had to, it's like, okay, so you didn't like that this not American man won an international sports competition. Okay, go about your business. Like, I just didn't understand the insistence upon discrimination and then acting like you're entitled to the discrimination because your granddaddy fought in a war. Mm -hmm. You weren't even alive for that war. So, you know, like, like, and then, oh, and, and, you know, they want to make themselves victims. and the same people will tell black people, get over slavery, yes. get over whatever. Wow. But you holding on to the World War Two uh, right. uh, that you weren't around for. Or maybe even arguably the same people telling people for black people to get over slavery are the people who say, don't get rid of the monuments. Yeah, of course. They're always the same person. I mean, and that's there's just like that's the thing where you look at them and you go, I don't understand. I mean. We're all hypocrites, I guess. But some people, it's like, wow, you must try. (laughs) You must try. Yeah. It's the only thing that explains it. So I'd like to wrap up on one thing, if that's okay. Yes. I did want to talk about, um, I had a tweet exchange with this great bar. So I worked in food service for about nine years. I am a recovering food service worker for the last three years. Um, I am, I still feel like... I have PTSD in a way from because I was a waitress and then my first job in New York, I was a waitress and then a bartender at the same place. And then I worked as a waitress for a place within a week, got fired for dropping a tray full of mimosas on a bridal party. (laughs) You do as you do. And I can't work fancy place. I worked a lot of food service jobs. I only ever worked one fancy place and it was. Did not work out. That's where I got fired from within a week. Um, But one of the hardest parts, like, you know, my man-hating, obviously, it develops over time. But I have never been openly warm towards men, I don't believe. You know, I think that my sort of, like, you know, just in terms of, like, you, when you radiate that don't fuck with me vibe, I think I've always had that. But still, men really mess with you when you work in food service. Like, when you're a woman just sitting behind the bar... You are there for them is what they see, especially as they Mm -hmm. get drunk. So this uh, place, Beer Cellar Exeter, which they're a bar in uh, Exeter, England. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. No, that's Exeter. Exeter. Yeah. Um, That's what they named the fancy private schools. Yes. And I mean, I've worked for some great people, but I will say, I mean, because it's a business and things like that, when women are harassed, most of the places that I've worked for tell you they're on your side, but they're not really on your side. You know, Mm -hmm. they're on your side, but they never want to lose the customer or blah, blah, blah. They don't want to lose the the gross old men who are doing that to you. So um, this... Beer Cellar Exeter, they put up a sign at their bar and it said, this is definitely our favorite sign in the bar. Also, if dudes could stop trying to kiss our female bartenders hands, that would be great. And the sign is it's a pie chart and it says why the female cashier is being nice to you. And you can see the link to this. (laughs) I love it. You can see the link to this tweet in our description. It says why the female cashier is being nice to you. And it's a pie chart that's all black. Mm -hmm. And the white is she is uncontrollably sexually attracted to you. (laughs) And the black is because that's literally her fucking job. (laughs) You cretin. (laughs) It's so true. And then of course what's the first reply to this tweet? It says a man that says with that attitude towards your customers that's certainly a bar i will avoid 
And then this is where I said, I wish they tweeted back. Yeah, we're cool with that. Yeah. And so then I tweeted back at them. I love you. I wish that I worked for more people like you when I was in service because that's how I really feel. I mean, I've worked for women and men and they were all, you know, well, they were not all good people. Some Mm -hmm. of them were terrible people. I worked for a pedophile. That's a different story. But they, you know, even the ones that wanted to have your back in jobs like that, women are the first thrown under the bus because men think if you're there and you're at work, they know they can say things to you, act, you know, certain ways to you. So I just wanted to give them a shout out because I just love that sign so fucking much. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it really just like spoke to me because, and the thing is too, is after working as a bartender forever, I then went to be a barista because I thought that before I, got able to work in office jobs so I was a barista because I'm like that's earlier hours I can do comedy at night Mm -hmm. whereas it's harder to balance balance when you're a waitress and a bartender because you're like at night times exactly you're like can you cover my shift everyone's like go fuck yourself but when I was a when I was a barista, I go, okay, well, it's seven in the morning. Surely I can avoid creeps. And the thing is, no. And I have to be sober while they're hitting on me <laughs> in front of their kid. Oh, you man. Know? Creeps get started early, girl. Exactly. They're up early. Have creeps you ever been out. to a strip club during the daytime? They out there. Girl, they eating breakfast at the strip club. I haven't. There's a, there's a place in Tulsa that just got shot down. Cloud nine, legs and eggs. <laughs> legs and eggs. <laughs> legs and eggs <laughs> That's hysterical. I know it was a deal and then in port I what there was this one place that I used to eat in Portland that was a that was a Mexican restaurant but they shared a bathroom with a strip club so in okay. order to go to the bathroom you had to go into the strip club so I'd eat there during the day when I would be at work and then I would see I like knew a couple of the daytime strippers so I would always be in there and it was like it was like yeah there would be like one guy there who's barely giving them any and he's money. always got like sweatpants on with no underwear so he can really get <laughs> the experience get loose it's disgusting it's so disgusting if there's ever a thing if you're like a man and you're listening to this podcast and you want to know how to be better to the strippers don't be the nigga in the strip club wearing sweatpants <laughs> and no underwear. It is disrespectful. It is so disrespectful because it's like it's not like denim where like, OK, at least, you, you know, if I'm giving you a lap dance or whatever and your denim kind of traps your dick against your leg. And it's they like, want you to feel it's it. Like, it's like with sweatpants, not only do you want to feel it, it's like. Of course, your fluids are going to get on me. Yeah, that's just sex. Like, yeah, just it's like, just like a thin sheet of cotton. Like, the fluids are going to get on me. It's a me. cotton condom. It's disgusting. Ugh. Anyway. You know what? That's a good PSA to end on. Men, <laughs> if you're going to the strip club, sweatpants are now illegal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yes, we're going to we're gonna just fucking discontinue all sweatpants for everybody except for women. Sweatpants are no longer sold to men. No, they're not sold By to law. men. And also... And I, if we see you in sweatpants we are going to kill you yeah first group killed i think safe to say <laughs> men who go to strip clubs in sweatpants exactly i think that's, that's a great start out. i think that's a great start so on that join us next time we'll have a very special guest thank you for being with us yes um uh just wanted to quickly say yes i am excuse me this oh will yeah come out. going to san francisco yeah i just burped all on our friend's <laughs> microphone um so, yeah, I'm going to San Francisco. Um, I'm partaking in comedy festivals. Comedy festival. Comedy, comedy. Central's 
festival, colossal, colossal clusterfest. Which this is a huge deal. I'm sorry. I have to say because there they do these comics to watch auditions and there are hundreds of comedians who audition for these things. And Ray is in like the 10 that were selected. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. It's Marcia. great. That's very sweet. Ray's an um, incredible comedian. You all need to watch her stand up oh, that's nice. right now. Thank you. And so, yeah, so if you're in the San Francisco area, please come out. It's, um, I don't remember the name of the theater, but it's, uh, the show is on, uh, Friday night at 7 p.m. It's being hosted by Natasha Leggero, which I think will be very fun. And, um, and if you can't come out to San Francisco to watch it, or if you're not in San Francisco to be there, um, they're gonna air the, um, up next special, like, on Sunday, like this coming Sunday at 10 p.m. So it's going to be my TV debut as a yes. stand-up, which and is cool. And afterwards, you can find it on ComedyCentral.com. Yeah, probably. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'm, I had, like, a goal of being on television before I was 30, and uh, I did get to be um, a reporter in the show that I write for, The President's Show, but it was just, like, I asked a question, and it was the back of my head. But <laughs> you get to see my face and my gap teeth and my big lips uh, because you'll be looking at me straight on. So please, you know, check that out. That would be really, really awesome awesome um and if you see her out just know that ray loves photos with white women <laughs> no she don't marsha always <laughs> first of all marsha always gets me in a picture <gasps> i look ugly and at this point i have to think it's negress sabotage absolutely not <laughs> no what the real story is is that i warn ray days before we record i want to take a picture and then when we get there, she says, no, you cannot take a picture. <laughs> and then I take a selfie with her and I say, Ray loves selfies <laughs> with white women. No, she don't. She hated him. Um, Play Ray. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, please, um, we uh, we got uh, we got one email that was like constructive criticism and we appreciate your and criticism. And we're going to take it. it into consideration. But please just email us too. If you have something fun to say, if you want us to read something on air, like let us know. Please uh, comment. Your stories of shit that men do that piss you off yeah the men you want to crush your stories of some you, man taking credit for your work in a meeting if you want to save one email us about him tell us why he's worth it we'll kill him less meanly it's up to the board it's up to the board <laughs> the board the board will decide right but we will entertain the story right and ask us any questions we would love to respond to your questions please keep rating us and we're so and thankful. you guys have given us like some really good ratings and uh i think maybe um this week or next week when we're more prepared we can you know give individual shout outs because yes. thank you so much yes. it means and a lot also to us on our facebook page this was the one i love chanae arbery said uh, that she handcuffs herself with women. Her and her <laughs> friends are joining the militia, and I fucking love you. Thank you. Cassandra Munoz says that um, she gave we gave her a glimpse into a world without men, and that's the only world she wants to live in. <laughs> Can't wait for the final wave. Yes. Always remember, we are final wave feminists. Yes, we are final wave feminists. From now on for always. Nelson Lucero, a man, but we'll forgive him, said... I am now afraid to leave my house thanks to you. you my sister has to come over and do all the shopping for me. <laughs> You're still putting women to work, though. Yes. When I do, that's true. Do not demand the physical. I'm sure he pays her. Okay. When I do have to leave the house, I'm in constant fear when I see groups of women walking down the street that they may be part of the militia. And, you know, Nelson, stay alert. Stay afraid. We appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate it so much. Stay naked. Stay afraid. Yes. And um, thanks to the black guy who tips for giving us a yeah, shout out. Yeah, that was really great. That was incredible. Thank you so much to all of his fans listening to us. And we'll be back next time. Bye. Bye. Do not manslate me or manslate me.